Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Critics Podcast. We're the underqualified experts who discuss all things sport, work and life, with little to no background or supporting evidence. I'm joined by, with Jack. How are you, Sean? I'm Salubrious, mate. And Harry. How are we doing, boys? Good, mate. We had a good weekend. We scored 120 runs, took a run out and a wicket together. Harry? Oh, and a, and a catch. I had a run out and, and a drop catch. What did you do? Oh, I just pogoed some Broadbeach fellas around a bit. On a uh, lovely Saturday afternoon. Playing amateur cricket, am I right? Mate, when it's your day, it's your day. It was actually just, just just ridiculous. I've spoken enough about it off mic, but it was actually just full and proper taking the piss. It was like watching someone play stick cricket. We'll, um, we'll pop a video up on the, on the story of his reverse, his switch hit six onto the hill. Yeah, it wasn't his switch hit, it was just reverse sweep. Swoops his feet around, but not your hands, was it? No, just swaps his feet around and just fucking get went and sang it twice. Ridiculous. Pro- probably not quite your shot, though, I reckon, after holding out at the deep cover boundary, trying to do it again. But real men go again. Real men go thrice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It doesn't even... Cloncurry Kino player wins more than $590,000 this morning. Do you know where Cloncurry is in the world? India. No. Kino's in Australia only. What do you mean? Isn't that like Central yeah, Central yeah. Coast, New South Wales? It's very central. And not real coast. No. <laughs> uh, um, well, we've uh, been a couple of weeks, so there's a fair bit to get to this week. We might quickly start on the cricket. Um, so, World Cup is just around the corner. Mm. Very, very close. It starts in a couple of weeks, I think. Which, um, which so- Australian player would you like to get injured first for Cameron Green? I I am going to say that as of right now, Cameron Green is not in our best T20 side. What about squad? Out of f- 15? He's in our squad. He would be in the best 15. So who are you removing from that 15? Well, you can't. You're actually not allowed to. Yeah, but when they get Once injured. Once you name your 15, unless there's an injury. Yeah, so I'm saying. You, who's, or who's disciplinary, you can't actually make any changes to your squad. If I needed someone to go down injured... I am politely asking Mitchell Swepson to roll his ankle. Is he in the squad? Don't know. Well, he played the other night, didn't he? Nah, I don't think he's in the squad, eh? That would make sense. I feel like he's not in the squad. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm not sure. Um, there's only one there's answer just, after. There's just a huge logjam, and I think, um, even though I'm not his biggest fan, Stoyness is... Stoyness is blocking everyone. ...is better value in the middle order than Cameron Green. Stoinis has done it on the big stage. Cam Green's done it in two out of five T20s. Okay, my bad. Green. Cameron Green has not had the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So is a World Cup the best time to blood that? Yeah, absolutely. Is killer. You're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. You are. You've lost the knowledge with your hair. Idiot. So this will be Aaron Finch's last World Cup anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't be if Australia go well. If they win it, he retires. I think he, if they he might retire and he retires. <laughs> yeah, I reckon they, um, uh, this could be it for him. So then, look, maybe Cameron Green or Stoinis at the top is an option moving forward, like we've spoken about before. Mm. But um, I think the way Stoinis batted him last night. Him or Green. Night, he was 35 or 15 balls last night, Stoinis, after no, not being played for six months. He was killer. Yeah. So, um, and now the other Australian I wanted to talk about was Nathan Ellis who we've spoken about on this podcast before, and I have spoken at length, that he's one of Australia's most underrated cricketers. And he showed it again last night, that he is he is absolutely in Australia's best T20 international lineup, And I will argue it until I'm blue in the face. Mm. We had a little chat about this the other night. Who's the bully, Who's the seamer you leave out for, Nathan Ellis? Hugely unpopular opinion. It's Pat Cummins. I think it is Pat Cummins too. It's Pat Cummins. And Pat Cummins is a better cricketer, right? Hmm. Very. He's, you'd have he's a hard, actually you'd have better a tough, looking too. You would, you would have a tough time justifying dropping maybe the best bowler in world cricket. But I do you, genuinely... You better have a crack at that. I do genuinely think it would be the right move to leave him out. And look, if Stark doesn't get his shit together in the first couple of games at the World Cup, then you know you've got Cummins in the wings. I just think that Ellis adds a whole lot of variety. You look at the game last night, over 400 runs scored for the night. He went at fives. If you take him out, the Australian bowlers went at nearly 12 and over. That's crazy, eh? And he took three for 20. 
Off his four. Off his four. And the wickets that he got, he got Butler, who was 68 off 32. Moeen Ali and Sam Curran. He was genuinely... Yeah, Joss Butler or Nathan Ellis? Yeah, Joss Butler, Butler was, was taking, taking the, piss. the piss. He hit eight fours and four sixes in 32 balls in his first game for six months. You were convinced he was going to score low too. Yeah, I'd, oh. Yeah, Einstein, anyway, um, but another fun fact, you know who has scored the most T20 runs in Australia since the start of 2019? Ben McDermott? Nope. Alex Hales? Alex Hales. So that's the top five. Uh, Hales is at the top. Philippi, Maxwell, Stoinis, and possibly McDermott round out the top five for most T20 runs in Australia in the last, what, three years, basically. Mm. And Alex Hales, an Englishman, is at the top of the list. It's killer. Yeah. And there were people before the, that warm-up game that finished last night, people saying, no, nah, it should be Phil Salt in the No, in the, squad, uh, in the Phil team. Salt sucks. But Alex Hales has a T20 World Cup 100. He's been there, done that, and he's been in sublime for not like Phil Salt who's been doing really well for like the last six months Alex Hales has been killing it for three years in Australia there is is in Australia there is no one who deserves their spot in a T20 side more than Alex Hales does right now I'll stick fat by that too he he was he was also awesome get around that one that that opening partnership last night was 132 off 68 balls he was like impossible for us that was it that was the game even though England did pretty poorly with the bat after that that was it. The, the game was finished. That was just, just an awesome start. And the other one, England look like they're going to be a real force out here, I reckon. In this yeah, they just shut, every tournament too. Yep. But then uh, Mark Wood, bowling wheels. He looks real good, actually. He's been laid off for about 12 months, I reckon, with that elbow. And then his knee, he's hardly played. And he was way too quick for a few of them last time. He, he bowled one at 154. <laughs> That is wheels. Oh, yeah. Matt, oh, my hot take is Matt Wade is absolutely out. Yeah. Yes, but Joss Butler has done the big brain thing and not appealed for it. He had to come out and defend himself in the press conference after and say, yeah, I should have asked a few of the other boys. I wasn't really watching, whatever. He did the right thing. I think he did the right thing because it was a practice game. But in a World Cup, you're absolutely appealing for that. Uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But, I mean, the likelihood of that happening in a World Cup, you see that like once every five years, right? If Matt Wade happen. was given that opportunity again, he'd do the same thing again. Yeah, and he should. Then does he deserved he deserved to be given out last night? We watched on replay and said that's, if that's a real game. I know this is still an t- international T Twenty, like it's still a recognised international format game. But in the grand, but it's re- scheme like of in things. the yeah in the grand scheme of things, it is a warm up game. So they did the right thing. Mark Wood was way too good for a few of them last night. He was in the same boat as Ellis. The rest of their bowlers were going the journey, and he took three wickets. In his last nine balls, completely turned the game. Australia went from needing just under tens to needing over elevens and three more wickets down. Yeah, after he, he, finished he, he nipped our chase in the butt. Yeah, because he got um, he got Stoinis, who was going and motoring. He got Tim David. David, who can motor, as we know, and then got David Warner, who was set and also braining it, who's absolutely killed it since coming back to the side as well. It. Mm. Be a short price favourite to go back to back player of the tournaments in T Twenty World Cups. I reckon it's worth a cheeky tenner, whatever he's paying. Or it be March because we're the home team. Mm. Whatever he's paying, I reckon it's worth it. Why don't you do it? He's braining it. I don't have any betting accounts, man. Against your fibres. But uh, Mark Wood has played three T Twenties in his return from his elbow injury. Has taken three threefers. Fuck, that's very nice saying. Um, but Nathan Ellis, on that point. Uh, has only played five T20s for Australia. Has 15 wickets at 8.3. Economy rate of 6.4 and a strike rate of 8. That's that's amazing. Ridiculous. And I mean, small sample size. Obviously, you're not going to be able to sustain that. But he deserves the chance to be tried and tested, I think. I think he well deserves a, uh, a proper crack. And it's a shame that he probably will, never will because the... Three guys in front of him are quite handy. He's never, he's like so suited to the T20s compared to anything else. It's not yeah. funny. And I think he just provides something different. He, like, none of the other bowlers are skiddy bowlers. They're all hit the deck bowlers. He's, he's, he's shorter. He has he's the got, really arms. He's got the an elite slower ball. 
elite slow ball. And like, I think he has more deception about him than any of the other Australian bowlers combined. Mm. So I think he deserves a crack. Um, so I'm still backing Australia to win the World Cup. Would be yeah, my I'm, tip. I'm even ta- in that game, like England went in just about full strength last night. You'd have to say yeah. they were pretty close to full strength, and Australia were missing Maxwell, Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, Zampa. <laughs> That's and a we, fair five to be missing, and we only lost by eight. And we only lost by eight. Yeah, I'd take us for the World Cup still. Yeah, I I thought the Windies were impressive in our little game against them. Yeah, they played okay. In they've s- they've just got a few glaring holes. Not play, not personnel wise for them, which is positive because in the past it's been a personnel issue. Yeah, it's not; it's a playing style issue. And you look at it that the, they should have won that game at Metricon. Absolutely, because they hit more boundaries than Australia did, and they just needed to run better in between the wickets. Australia, and it's the one; it is the one thing playing on these big grounds here in Australia that gives, that gives Australia an advantage. They're not going to be the boundary hitters that India are, that where the West Indies are, and places like that. Maybe even this, probably not. Maybe even necessarily Pakistan. Did you see Iftikhar's quote? No, I'm not scared of the big grounds in Australia. I'll hit sixes anywhere, and like averages like maybe 15 here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck. And it's just it's the one thing like David Warner. It's so impressive about David Warner's game is how hard he runs between the wickets. Um, the other one, Steve Smith. Do you think he's in Australia's best T20 side? Oh, he asked me this the other day. I think he is still, yep. and it's it's, it's a, it goes against the numbers because like the numbers say no, but like that game at Metricon, yeah, the Metricon he didn't yeah. play he was a subfielder, yeah, and this is what I said to you last night, where yeah. like you look at it and the eye test says that he's first one out, but the minute he got left out, Australia were then four or five for fuck all, and we were all sitting there, we were at the game, thinking. You know who I'd really like to come in right now? Smudge. Smudge. <laughs> Be real handy if he was in right now. And you just, I don't know, with how aggressive we play through the middle, if we're going to have guys like Marsh and Maxwell, Stoinis and Tim David in the middle order, say, there's a lot that can go wrong there. You can end, end, end we could like, make 250. But he can still go as well, Smudge. Smith, Smith can still go, right? But it just adds a little bit of stability amongst the power hitters that Australia have seemed to have just stumbled upon a plethora of. Just seems like we went from having none to having four. So, anyway, it's going to be an interesting World Cup, that is for sure. Um, do you want to power on with the sport or do you want to break it up in the middle? Oh, I just want to say that Jimmy Pearson's still our best keeper and he turned up yet again and still gets overlooked, so fuck. Did Queensland absolutely pumped Tassie in the shield. Yep. Um, but an innings in 170 runs. Yeah. Um, Marnus loose bus change, another ton, just death taxes and tons. Mm. Um, Kawaja runs, Burns runs. Burns 85. Even though I don't reckon Burns would have played if Queensland had full strength. You would have had Street. Well, I would have had Bryce Street. I would have had Street instead of Clayton and put Renshaw to four. Yeah, that's probably fair too. Um, but I don't mind them blooding the young guys. I like Clayton. He's a fucking jet. Mm. Hunter on Shield Debut last year. Mm. Very, very good player. Um, and Henry Hunt batted for about five days yesterday. He made 93 off three Made ni- 97 off 340 balls or something to save a, uh, a second innings defeat. Yeah. Um, stellar effort. Now, I, he will play for Australia eventually. You reckon? I reckon. I reckon he gets there eventually. There is about, in two years' time, there is going to be a massive chasm in Australian cricket at the top of the order. Yeah. So no Uzi, no Warner. No Uzi, no Warner. And you might, you know, does Steve Smith have three years left in him? Don't you dare say Marcus Harris. No, that's what I'm saying. So hopefully Marcus Harris is out of the picture <laughs> by then. And then Australia are looking for some young openers. Pekowski. Pekowski, hopefully if he's fit, is one. Hunt. And Henry Hunt could be the other, could be that guy. He could be that guy. Brush Street. Teague Wiley. Would be is he an opener? One. He opens in all of his junior cricket. Yeah, he just bats five just, for WA because they're stacked. Because they've got Bancroft and Whiteman to open. Who've been making millions. Making runs forever for WA. Mm. Even, uh, well, and Whiteman especially out of those two. But Bancroft's been good, but Whiteman's been great. I feel for like a Bancroft has bigger tons, but Whiteman's more consistent. Probably. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so where are we going to now? Where do you want to go? Well, yeah. we're going to overrated, underrated, I reckon, break the sport up. And uh, you. 
came up with uh, we'll do Mario tracks. Dude, so we play a lot of Mario Kart. We do. Not we're playing again, playing again here last night. Like we'll get the Switch over here. We'll have about 8 to 15 people. We'll take we'll make little teams up, do the full forty eight races, and take turns. So it takes like three hours. Yeah, but we don't care. We'll do it every time. So good. So we thought about going through some of the the tracks. All right. So I've got a list of them up here. Now some of these are original tracks, and some of these are the added ones that have come onto the on the switch. So we'll just start with one of the OG tracks, Mario Circuit. I think it's perfectly rated. What one's that? Mario Circuit. I think it's also perfectly rated. Um, it's you know just what? your, it's just your stock standard track in Mario, right? It's like the first one you ever play. What about Harry? We'll we'll move on from that because you don't know it. No, Moo I'm Moo on Nintendo sixty four ones. Moo Moo Meadows. Moo Moo no, so yeah, Moo Moo Farm. Yeah, or yeah, Moo Moo Meadows, Moo Moo Farm. Uh, Whichever one you like. It is. I'm gonna say perfectly rated. Underrated. Oh, I do rate when the cows walk in front of you. No, it's overrated. It's underrated. Fuck. It's so underrated. Bro, so underrated. F- fuck the cows. It's underrated because I'm elite at it. <laughs> hey, fuck hey, the cows. Fuck the cows. Fuck the cows. They just appreciate it more. If you hit them hard enough, they turn onto your skillet. Dude. Oh, oh, I want one here. Cooper Trooper Beach. Underrated. Underrated. Absolutely underrated. Hugely so underrated. And I reckon that and Cheap Cheap Beach... So for, some, yep. for some reason, people seem to hate that track. No, it's because Brad and Clouds they hate it as well. It's because they hit the water it. and have an aneurysm. Dude, it's yeah. the best. Nah, it is the best. The um the the new Rainbow Road on the Switch overrated, massively underrated. No, you just think it's too hard. No, well, I fucking won. I've, I've, actually, last I've night. never been a fan of Rainbow Road. You only <laughs> you only won because I was on the bench. So you would you haven't played enough on the Switch. It's so elite. we used to play it on 64 when we were kids and it was so hard because yeah. we, we wouldn't have the barriers up or anything. So you'd just keep falling off the edge of the fucking track. <laughs> the cloud have to fucking carry you back on yeah. the track. The cloud just about carries you around the whole trip because you keep falling off the edge. No, the, but the old one, the OG one is much, much better for nostalgic purposes, I think. Yeah. Because if you're not... If you're, it's on the phone as well. Yeah. But seriously, like if you're not playing Mario Kart for nostalgia, what are you playing for? What are you playing for? Cash. Do you want? Do you, want to, do you just want to play for cash? Because I want to clean you out of money. It's maybe the worst course in Mario. What? Choco Mountain. Choco Mountain. Not a fan. No. What's the Donkey Kong one? It's the elite where you get shot. Jungle. Out of Donkey DK Jungle. Oh, DK, yeah, DK Jungle. Jungle that might um, be. That is actually my favourite track. Parkway one. Yeah. 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 I like Royal Raceway. Okay. That's. I think it's a little bit slightly overrated to be honest with you, bro. Um. Wario Stadium, which like the OG, boardwalk. the OG Wario Stadium, great course. Yeah, Banshee Boardwalk. I don't actually remember that one. Hold on, I'm gonna the, have to find um, it. The goat, like the ghost always out. Banshee Boardwalk's good. Yeah, I think it's mildly underrated. Yeah. I think the same kind of thing as Rainbow Road. People find it too hard, so they just don't play it. Yeah. That's why everyone plays as Yoshi Circuit. Um, oh, hey. Oh, um, so by far Calamari Desert The one where the train goes around Yeah it's fantastic That's overrated No shut Shut your fucking lips It's it shit so It's boring good. It's, it's so just good. straight No it's no, it's so not good. It's so good No you used to get cut off by the train No you used to get cut off by the yeah. train <laughs> Nah it sucks Nah um, Yoshi Valley Undisputed best course in Mario No overrated yeah. Nah Yoshi Valley so That's not good. even in my top five Nah Yoshi Circuit is no good Yoshi, Yoshi Circuit's too easy Yoshi Valley, the one with the big spinning egg. Oh, okay. No, no. My bad. My yeah. apologies. No, it's elite. It, I think it's my favorite course. What is the best? Yeah, so are we going? So, what's what do you reckon is the best? So the best, the best track on there. I'm saying Yoshi Valley, because and you you cannot pick a course that wasn't in the original pack. Uh, if you're not picking a Nintendo 64 track, I'm not here. I wasn't going to pick a Nintendo 64 what you, track. What, what fucking track are you picking? There's three tracks that come to head before any 64 tracks. Oh, you're they're all They're all newer ones because I like the ones where you had the buffers where you can get speed boosts off the middle. So there's like the, the newest Rainbow Road is Elite. Uh, DK Cir- the DK Circuit's probably my favorite one. Or there's the, um, I can't think of the name of it. Bowser's Castle is always a good one. Yeah. Cooper Trooper Beach. Beach is pretty good. It's, a, it's probably the favourite classic of mine. Yeah, I don't know why I've always liked Yoshi Valley. I've just always liked racing it. I'm actually quite... I feel like 
I'm quite good at racing it. You must, you must like fit like placing second on it. No, I don't. I would. I'll, I'll whoop you. <laughs> he wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I'd bet you. I beat you in it. a couple of races yesterday. I'd bet your mortgage. Not heaps. <laughs> oh, that's big speak. That's big speak. <laughs> uh, just, I got a random overrated underrated for you boys. Sleeping with socks on. It is underrated, but when you do it, it's fucking like because I I always do it when I'm pissed. I'll take every I'll take everything I'll strip down except my socks. Nice. So you take your dick socks off and not your your uh, feet socks. Yeah. Jack. Massively overrated. Sleeping in socks sucks. No. What about when you What about when your feet What about when your feet are really dry and they like brush up against the blanket and it feels fucking disgusting. You never had, don't have that. <laughs> Yes, I do. Yeah. No, he However, doesn't because his feet are never dry because Monica licks them clean every night. <laughs> most of the time, I sleep with my feet out of the covers anyway. Like, even when it's cold, most of the time, I'll have what? at least one leg out of the covers. Oh, dude, I'm a... Because I'm a, I need I, I need air. I need airflow. Right, and if so, I... If, if my, if, so, like, if I sleep, I'm wearing my socks that I wore to work. Like, they would be the socks that I would sleep in, right? If yeah. I'm not going to... Up to you. You can bed, change socks. Right. But these ones, you wake up. You're making those the rules feeling up. after you've been wearing socks for eight hours in bed, you take them off, and it's like you're instantly itchy, instantly itchy. And you nah. get pins, weird pins and needles. <laughs> no one can see that? what you're doing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, for the people listening at home, Harry's got the inside of his right foot on his left knee. Yeah, exactly. And then that. No, yeah, I, I do see you sleeping like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be snoring like a pig if I saw it like that. <laughs> yeah, you so normally know because it'll be a Sunday and Harry will be like, oh, can you wake me up at like five o'clock or something for dinner? And you'll walk in <laughs> into his bedroom. Yeah. So sleeping with socks on, I think is underrated. But I'm going to go to the next bit. What about rooting with socks on? Depends on the gender. You are the gender. As in, as in what gender you're fucking... I see what they're doing. It's what you're doing. Gave, take socks off. Right. Right. I'm not. I'm just not a socks guy. You reckon? Yeah, everything comes off. No, I don't mind leaving the little socks on. Why? The socks stay on during sex. I reckon I would actually go as far as saying that's a red flag. Socks on. Socks on during sex. I reckon I've had more sex with socks on than socks off. What? Shut the fuck up. No, like that's even, fair. Keep them under the covers with socks on. It's not on. even like a foot smell related thing. I think it's like pure laziness. What is wrong with you? Don't you feel like a retard? Don't you feel like a retard? Like you get up after you'd nut and you get up and you get up and you in there doing nothing on but socks. I think it's like part of the uniform. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Just get ready for work. Clock nah, on, clock like, off. Have you not think about it, right? Like, there's sometimes where I'll have like some like pretty looking socks on, like the ones you got at the moment. So, like, I have a particular pair of like purple penguin. Can you socks. just for the people at home that can't see, explain what are on my socks? Um, he's wearing he's wearing he's wearing socks I used to wear to the races, and the line used to be: it takes two to tango. Uh, one person can tango, but it's better when two can. And I'd yeah. pull up my two can socks and up. You know why? Because two cans are better than one. Yeah. But yeah, no. There's a particular set of particular set of purple penguin socks that I used to wear all the time, and sometimes I'd catch myself having sex and have my left leg up on the bed, and I'd be looking at the socks and not so much the woman that I'd be piping. Yeah, fair. Um, just for everyone at home, Harry's got one sock on that's a, it's a snowman. It says "Want to kiss my carrot," and the carrot is in the cochlear region. <laughs> you might have the biggest carrot I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that sock. It's fucking huge. Mm. Just ask Broadbeach. So you, so you reckon overrated? You reckon absolutely socks you, in uh, general? Yeah, I don't, I don't, nah, dude. I'm easy. You're easy. Yeah. Eggs over yeah, easy. Uh, it's not really. I would say, I'd say perfectly rated. Keep them on, take them off. So if you could choose, you'd take them off. Yeah. Which you do get the choice every time, Sean. You're no, but like sometimes adult. you're in a rush. Why? Because you just got to get it done. Whether you last 47 or 49 seconds, mate, take, treat yourself, take the extra two seconds, take your socks off. Oh, yeah, don't take your socks off. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Oh, Herb. Yeah. <laughs> also, just quietly, Ollie's, Ollie's, been, Ollie's been in the country for two weeks and he's got more nicknames than I've ever had. Yeah. So, yeah. 
oil, I reckon. So we have <laughs> we have we, we we have two poms that um that are playing with us this year, and within forty eight hours they put a, a, a certain someone on the spit, and both have got quite sick since. <laughs> One of the elite stories, though. Yeah. That they're the kind of stories you go home and you tell your grandkids in fifty years. Hundred percent. No, 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 no. They haven't caught anything because they never got tested. Yeah, no. It was. It's like the whole COVID thing. Like you can't get COVID if you don't test. We tried it. We got. We tested. Got COVID. Haven't tested since. Haven't got COVID since. Coincidence? I think not. Um, so Sean you've had uh, overrated underrated having Indian for dinner two nights in a row <laughs> massively underrated <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know about that Sean is slowly filling the uh, filling the room with I'm breaking the Vindaloo green I'm breaking fumes. the uh, greenhouse gas barrier at the top of the, <laughs> top of the universe start calling you ozone <laughs> ozone <laughs> where's my super suit what all right. Um, is that all we got for overrated and underrated? You got yeah, we talked a lot of shit. Let's move on. Yeah, correct. Let's um, talk about the NBA. Yeah, you want to get NBA first? Yes. Yeah, we can talk about the league. I don't really want to talk about Paramount. Let's just move yeah. on. No, it's a, we can, we'll talk about the NBA. So, OKC beats the Adelaide 36ers. Who the, beat Phoenix Suns. The Adelaide Suns. 36ers beat the Phoenix Suns. Therefore, ipso facto, Colombo, Oreo, the S- Oklahoma City Thunder are winning the chip. Um, <laughs> look, that's a that's a bit of a stretch. I'll play the game. The, the problem with that is, though, you've got to get past the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. We just traded for Donovan Mitchell. And you gave up two-fifths of fuck all. Yeah, two cents on the dollar. And we got to fuck the Knicks in the process. So I thought it was a pretty good trade all around. What it's do you just, reckon? It, the Knicks are becoming a walking meme. Like mm. They just... They just cannot get anyone. They wanted Kyrie. Who'd they get? Jalen Brunson. No, they didn't. They Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. Who's now who they got? No, he didn't get a contract from thirty teams in the NBA. They wanted Kevin Durant. Who'd they get? Julius Randle. Who got his bag and dipped? He's still there. Yeah, his numbers have dipped. Yeah. <laughs> who else have they wanted? Oh, anyone? LeBron, James. Yeah. They wanted Russell Westbrook at one point too, still. Oh, I don't know why the fuck you want him. He sucks. Nah, what do you mean, bro? <laughs> I'd um, but that, that the French dude, Victor. Uh, Victor Wanyama. Looks like. I think I butchered that name uh, just quietly. Wanyama. I'm, I'm happy for you to take that. Looks like a freak. So, yes. I, I truly, truly believe that the, I reckon the Spurs. The Spurs G League team will play. I reckon they're in. I reckon this was their plan all along. Greg Popovich is playing chess. The rest of us are out here playing fucking hopscotch. Bro, if he plays chess for too long, he'll actually die before he gets a checkmate. <laughs> checkmate is a lot. Oh, but seriously, that bloke looks like a freak. He's seven foot four, handles like a guard. Um, so let's say the Spurs get the number one pick. OKC have thirty eight draft picks. How many they have 38 in, draft picks. In the next six, six years? years. How many draft picks are you willing to give up to get the number one pick? At least half. So <laughs> if they trade... No, no, I'm serious. No, I'm serious too. If they, if want, OKC, if they, if OKC, if they want if they want 10 first-round draft picks, I am giving them 10 first-round draft so picks. So if OKC offered 18 first-round draft picks <laughs> for the number one pick this year, how do you feel about it? I wouldn't love it. <laughs> Long term, fourteen. Still wouldn't love it. Twelve. Still wouldn't love 10? it. Ten. <laughs> I would accept it. <laughs> but uh, you know, you if if okay, so you do it. You have to accept it anyway. We wouldn't have to give up that many because our pick is going to be good anyway. Like yeah, our, you, our pick at worst will be top five. No, no, no. You'd just be getting rid of. Um, oh, you reckon they'd give away a fifth pick in the same year? That's what I'm saying. I reckon if the Spurs don't get the number one pick, they don't give a fuck and they'll tank again for next year. I reckon you need to give up every other team's first round pick you have in the book and just go, we'll be shit anyway. You can have it. And then maybe some like four year future OKC picks just in case you actually turn good one day. Yeah. And by then you're probably playing in Las Vegas. No, I reckon when they add a Vegas team in, they'll add Seattle in. 
and they'll move Minnesota to the east. Oh, dude. Be cool. Yeah. Should be in the east, though. They should be in the east. They should be They the start east. in the east. Yeah, they should stay there because they're shit enough to be in the east. Yeah. Them or New Orleans or Memphis. It's one Me- of those teams. It's Memphis. Up the, up the, it's well, pretty central. Pretty central. So New Orleans is pretty east. <coughs> yeah. West. West. No, no, East. East. Yeah, no, no, it is New Orleans. They should be the other yeah. conference. Yeah. So, I, well, I reckon that's just what you do. I reckon that's what happens. Big brain. Yeah. So, it fucks up the um, like the conferences a little bit. They've got to reconfigure the conferences. When <laughs> well, you've got, guess when what? you've got 16 per. I don't care. No. Nah, so, but you just break 16 it up. 16 per is better because then you have a genuine, four. a genuine halfway through for the best playoff team as well. Yeah. So, you've got eight top half and eight bottom half rather than having eight top half and seven bottom half in a league where, at the moment, more teams make the playoff than don't. Then that's gross. Yep. It should be the other way around. Yep. I like, that's what I like about AFL. Eight out of eight teams make the finals. Yeah. And that's where this will get to, where it'll be a genuine top half, bottom half in each conference. So it'll also change the draft a little bit because it will then mean that there'll need to be 64 picks and it has impacts with draft. You know what's wild? How many picks the NFL has? They go hundreds and hundreds of picks. It's crazy. Tom Brady was like the 198th pick or something in his draft. Yeah. Think about that for a second. And now he's getting they divorced drafted, for playing too much football. They, they drafted 197 players before the GOAT. Did you see how bad he was before the draft though? Like all the athletic stuff and whatnot? Yes. He was disgusting. Yes. There's no but reason perform, he drafted in the top 100. Perform, yeah, he performed quite well in college though, didn't he? Not, I don't know. I think they the NFL just went through this period where they just wanted these sexy athletic quarterbacks and he just wasn't that. He was like a bit slow, a bit sluggish. Had a good arm, but not a great arm. But just smart. But just obviously just has the best brain in NFL history. Um, and he's proving that. He's got more rings than any team does. He, he has one of my favourite quotes ever. Do you know what Tom Brady's favourite ring is? No. The next one. All right, man. That's big brain energy. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> and yeah. then he got another one. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, he's about to lose one, though, his wedding ring. Oh, well, fuck. I like you. Imagine being 45 and still choosing a professional sports career after 23 years instead of your wife and kids. Yeah. That's goaded. After he'd already retired. He retired for about, I don't know, 40 days or something. It just shows that retiring wasn't him. It was her. Yeah. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with that. If he if he's gone back on because like there's something inside of him that says no I'm not ready to go yet, mm. like Dude, run your own race. If if you're in a relationship and you're getting ultimatums, your relationship's dead, in my opinion. So what's the point of staying? Right? Exactly right. Even if it costs you a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. We might move on to the NRL then. Yeah. My apologies. Um, we're getting a bit deep over here. So. Australia have named their World Cup squad. Few surprises. Oh my God. Few can big omissions. Pl- can we please talk about how disgusting their jersey numbering is? Well, has that been confirmed yet? Yes. Delhi Cherry Evans will wear the number two. So the rumor is, or the apparently what is happening is that rather than being the traditional one to 17, each player will wear the number that coincides with the order that they made their debuts. Yep. So it's someone retarded, like Ben Hunt or someone wearing the number one or some bullshit. Cherry Evans Who is, is number two and he's going to be the backup halfback. Oh, Cameron Munster might be the one. No nah. way. It'd be like maybe Josh Adokar. No, Cherry Evans would be around longer. It'd be some shit forward. It's been Tedesco? Nah. I don't know. Oh, Jake Travojevic. Surely. That has to be. I'll just do it. So anyway, it's fucking gross. But regardless, we'll go into the um, into the actual squad members. Campbell Graham getting a run, who we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I think that's well deserved. Love that. Um, Jeremiah Nanai in there after having committed to Australia. Murray Talangi, which I thought was surprising, but not that unexpected, I suppose, with how many defections there's been, especially with outside backs. Um, I like the Matt Burton inclusion. Um, Sean, you got any thoughts on the squad? No, give me a minute. I'm just trying to find all the jersey numbers. Right, uh, Patch. So there's a plenty of plenty of debutants. Matt Lodge, not named. Um, I thought he'd be a shoe in. I thought he would. But be But he's a also shoe-in. a swine, so I kind of get it. Yeah, 
Um, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I've got the jersey numbers. Who do you have number one? Jake Tavoyevich. You'd be wrong. He's James number... Tedesco. James Tedesco is number one. Daly yeah. Cherry Evans, two. Adoka. Ben Hunt, three. Valentine Holmes, four. Jake Trebojevic, five. Number six is Regan Campbell-Gillard. And I'll, I think he's a good pick, but, bro, he's not a fucking five-eighth. Number seven is Cameron Munster. He, which was is... the, he was the one that we spoke about the other day, was that, like, are you taking Matt Lodge or Regan Campbell-Gillard? I would take RCG, but I'm also a dirty Parramatta fan. Yeah, so. I reckon it's closer than probably what people think. But... Um, Cameron Munster wearing the seven is going to be weird to watch, but number eight being Latrell Mitchell is going to hurt my brain a lot as well. All of it is going to hurt my brain. Number nine, Josh Carr. Number 10, Jack Whiten. This is the only one that... There's a couple that make sense. Number 11 is Cameron Murray. 12, Matt Burton. 13, Pat Carrigan. So these are all... The, so these are from all 12, debutants. From 12 onwards, it's all debutants. And it's all alphabetical. Order. So, so Ma- Isaiah Yo, who is the vice captain in the squad, is number 24. Yep. So you got, you got Burton, Carrigan. So Cleary's 14, Collins 15, Cotter 16, Angus Crichton 17, Tino Fa'asul Malawi number 18... Kimball Graham, 19. Harry Grant, 20. Liam Martin, Jeremiah Nanai, Murray Tulangi, Isaiah Yo, 24. It's foul. It honestly. is actually rank. And it's Mel Meninga's choice. Yeah, but it is a good squad. Very good squad. Um, a few guys have been put on uh, like a standby list. So Dylan Edwards, Damien Cook, and Nico Hines, who Dude. surprisingly won the Daly M by miles. Record vote count and won by five votes. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. So does there need to be an overhaul of how they do the voting? No. I don't know how they... Overhaul. I don't know how you make it better. I have no better solution, so I'm just going to leave it. No. So I, I mean, I think it's fine. Um, it just... I think it says more about the Sharks system than it does about Nico Hines. Yeah. Um, because there's been... It's not like the AFL where the Brownlow is just... It's a piss take now. It's a midfielders award. Stephen May, who's wasn't there was he was an all Australian fullback. Fullback did not poll a single vote in the brown line. Fucking no cunt. Yeah, but it, the whole system makes no sense, right? So, but you know, um, Jason Tamalolo won the Daly M not that long ago. So it's not that unheard of for forwards to be winning it. Yeah, hookers have won it. Halfbacks. I mean, it, it's like a spine award, really, but. Uh, how else would you like? How else would a second row get it, really? Yeah. Other than David Fafita killing it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I think it's fine. Uh, it was definitely a surprise, though. Um, on Ben Hunt, who we thought was the favourite, is re-signed with the Dragons, but blasted his entire team. Yeah. Only three of their thirty squad members showed up to the awards night. That is outrageous. You get more at club footy. You get more at any sport ever. I'll probably go to your hockey presentation. Yeah, you don't. You've never played a game in your life. They had th- they had three out of thirty attend. And they so had ten percent of their players rock up. That's fucked. So those excuses saying like people were like already booked holidays and they were out of the country and stuff, and the 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 date was announced really late. But then there was about like that just sums them up beautifully, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and then there was five or six blokes that were in Sydney just didn't go to the awards night. They were gone somewhere else. Yeah, so. Um, and basically, and the um, the coaching staff have all come out and said, like, you know, it's pretty obvious that if we don't start winning, he's just going to walk. So they need to start winning. They need to start like, who's, getting who's he? together. Ben Hunt, but he's already signed a contract. Yeah, they'll just walk out on him. And there's um, all the junior footy players that are trying to get leave, like requested leave. So Terrell Sloan, have recently Bud Sullivan as well. Yeah, they they all want out. Yeah, all of them want out unless Griffin goes. Which he's not going to now that Ben Hunt's re-signed, yeah. you would think. Because that's Ben Hunt's guy. Yeah, because surely as part of the... There'd be something in Ben Hunt's deal that he'll only, he'll play under Griffin. And if Griffin goes, there'll be a clause in his contract that he can just jump out. Yeah. You can nearly bet your bottom dollar on it. So, um, anyway, uh, AFL. It's been a bit happening. Trade window. Oh, actually, the NRL. The Panthers won. Again, Dylan Edwards, Clive Churchill. Fair enough. He played fucking awesome. Nathan Cleary was stiff, though. Parramatta weren't great. Next topic. <laughs> um, the AFL grand final was even worse than the NRL grand final. <laughs> it was shocking. The less said about that, the better. Isaac Smith was definitely the Norm Smith. Absolutely. Um, his first quarter set them up. For the whole... I know they were probably always going to win, but still, his first quarter was, was still stellar. Elite. 
Selwood was late the first half as well. Yeah, but really, like there were hardly any of the Geelong blokes that weren't any good. I think they're all good. Yeah. There's only a couple of Sydney's ones, guys that would have made the, the team of the day anyway. Yeah. Callum Mills would have made it. Um, uh, Chad Warner. Chad Warner. Played quite well. He had 29 touches or something, which and that's is a lot. about it And then he, the rest of them were absolute spuds. Um, so, but the trade window has been open. Um, and I think there's only maybe a day to go. Um, and there's been a bit happening. So, the it was always going to happen. Tim Taranto's gone to Richmond. Dude, Richmond looked really good next year. Yeah. Um, Taranto will be a gun. And uh, Jason Horn Francis, who requested a trade, as this was always going to happen as well. From that, North. Yeah, he wanted out of North. He, he made that pretty obvious to everyone throughout the year. Um, finally demanded one, and it's happened. Yeah, that was today. As of, yeah, 5.15 this afternoon. So, was um, he off to? Frio. North Melbourne swaps Horn Francis and pick one for pick two, three, and Port's future first. Port so and but Port get Horn Francis and Junior Rioli and pick one and pick one there's this massive like a huge it was a four team trade it's absolutely massive GWS are involved as well there's fucked I don't have all the details oh actually yes I do so give it give North it Melbourne me. swapped Horn Francis and pick one for picks two three and a future first from Port Port get Horn Francis and Junior Rioli the Eagles swap pick two for picks eight and 12, where they're more likely to pick up WA-based draft talent, apparently. And the Giants swap pick three and 12 for pick one. Dude, North Melbourne got fucked around yet again. Yes. They traded this year's number one pick and this and, and last this year's number one stri- pick yeah, yeah. For, so, for this year's number two and three. Give me a fucking spell, you retards. Yeah, but really, what other... Well, like... Uh, it's so hard. It has to be so hard, though, because, like, he's... Horn Francis have made it bl- abundantly clear that he doesn't want to be there. He wants to go to this one team, which gives Port all the power. And that's that's so AFL, isn't it? Yeah. So, and, like, there's not... You know, Port can go, well, we probably need to give this up, but we don't have to because you don't have a choice. Yeah. So they've kind of got a stranglehold on the whole thing. So Port come out of it looking great. Fuck, I hate Port, man. Yeah. So, anyway, so that was big. Um, and, yeah. Roy Lobb trying to oh, get their free mantle. It actually goes even further. Keep going, then. Oh, Jesus Christ. North Melbourne gets picked 2, 3, 40, 43. Port's future first round. Port Adelaide get Horn Francis, Rioli, Collingwood's future second, and Fremantle's future third. West Coast get pick 8, 12, Port's future second, future third. GWS gets pick 1, 53, 57, and gives up 3, 12, and a future second. There's a lot happening. Everyone looks good but North. Yes. Yeah. In my opinion. And they get stiffed again. Actually, quickly back on NRL, Cam Munster signed four-year 4.5 with Melbourne. Yeah. So, which I think everyone kind of knew was going to happen. I can't believe they got 4.5 million. Hmm. I can't believe that. He's worth that. No, no. In their cap. Oh, uh, yeah. That is surprising. With They've re-signed Hughes, Pappenhausen, Grant. Coates. Xavier Coates. And they've got... Um, oh, what's his name? The, the second row center that comes off the bench. He's 18. So on their biggest ever deal. He's on 500k. He's barely played a game. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I know who you're talking about. I, I don't know the bloke's name. But I know who you're talking about. I remember that deal. That was retarded. Um, so anyway uh, but I suppose they lost Bromwich who was on a million and the other Bromwich and Kafusi. and Kafusi. so I guess the money is there and Brandon Smith and the cheese okay fair enough I talked myself out of it yeah so um, that's a good signing still it is it is Brayton uh, Astor just pulling strings on NRL 360s also Munster's manager Idney and Brayton Astor's just signed on a new deal to host NRL 360 for another two years or three years Yvonne Sampson's their best ever host yeah um, we did neglect to mention one thing in the NBA, which was the Golden State Warriors video that got leaked of the altercation between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Do you reckon Jordan Poole's teasing Draymond about being a dark skin? I don't know. And it's hard to tell, but I think 
Steve Kerr put it quite well that he like he's been involved in the NBA for thirty years. He's also been punched at training. Yeah. And he said that in his like he would have seen he's seen twenty or more full blown punch ons in his thirty odd year career, right? But they're so they're nearly too easy to handle if it doesn't get out. Like if it is all internal, everything just gets smoothed over beautifully and they all just move on and everything's fine. But as soon as it gets leaked, it's like the whole world is collapsing around them. And I just think we've mentioned, we've spoken about this before about the whole people videoing stuff and sharing it at, you know, convenient times. And I just can't, like Draymond Green, once the season finished last year, was adamant that he's getting the max. This gets shared. You reckon he's getting the max now? No fucking way. No way. So this so whoever shared this video is costing him tens of millions of dollars in the next four years. He was never getting the max. I reckon the Warriors would have backed up the Brinks truck for him, whatever they wanted. Now they've kind of got a bit of bargaining chip. So you reckon it's a little bit of friendly fire? I don't, I don't know. And they're investigating who leaked it because it is a dog act. Seriously. Terribly bad act. On both parts. As in, obviously, you know, punching someone's not great, but videoing it and then having the audacity Well, it's not just embarrassing for Draymond, it's still embarrassing for Poole that he got punched anyway. Yeah. So it's like a double wavy. Yeah, and for the whole the whole organisation no, as well. You don't want to, like, as, you know, if you're Joe Lacob sitting at the top, you know, it kind of takes the, the gloss off what they've got going for them, really. So, anyway, we'll, we'll see how that affects them. Draymond Green's taken indefinite leave, so he's away from the team at the moment, which is fair enough. Um, so, anyway, we'll see what um, what comes of that. Now, we had a big weekend in the racing world. Oh, The weekend yep. just gone. Um, so, you, Bathurst. Where do you want me to start, Bathurst? We'll go Bathurst first. Yeah. Um, so, cool. cool thing about Bathurst. Um, Garth Tander. No, yeah, I'll, I'll, even, I'll start from the start, the earlier part. So, um, Peter Adderton, one of the wilder cats in the world, owns Bruce Mobile. He um, funded a wildcard entry for Richie Stanaway and Greg Murphy, the two Kiwis. Yeah. Richie Stanaway's a pretty controversial character in motorsport, and Murph's like mid-50s. Stanaway put it on a fourth for qualifying out of a, out of a field of 30. So, lit him up. Nice. Um, Van Gisbergen qualified 16th. Uh, there's a bit of drama in the Red Bull camp because Feeney and Windcup are paired and Feeney's the main driver. But Windcup's like the goat. So the qualifying was in the wet. So Red Bull benched Feeney and put the co-driver in to qualify the car, which is like a huge <laughs> alpha dogging. And yeah. Windcup's a part owner of Red Bull, so it's like a... yeah. And he come out and said it was completely the team's idea, not mine. Sure, it was. <laughs> so, yeah, really don't know what's going on there, but the race was fucked up. The weather was fucked the whole week. It'd been pissing all all week. My brother camped the whole week there from Monday onwards, and the track really looked fine outside of where they had that burst main on like the second turn. Yeah. And sure enough, it fucked the old mate on the first lap. It was ridiculous. They had a massive crash from lap one and then... No, it wasn't. It was really just him. It wasn't a massive crash from lap one. That was lap five. That fucking Zane Goddard Goddard, idiot. Gold Coast boy, eh? Oh, man. He went to school with you, didn't he? Oh, dude. It was absolute amateur hours. Amateur hours. So, and they were all ripping him on on, on line. That's a multi-million dollar crash. Yeah. Because seriously, there's two or three blokes that their races either ceased there or never recovered after that. There's three of them that's of done that right there. There's a few others afterwards as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's veered off and across the wet has gone, oh, I reckon I can get back on the track here. And as he's gone to kind of slip back on, he's just clipped the advertising boards, which has made him spin out sideways. And old man, one of the... Like, the two, blo- the two blokes that ran into him direct, their tar- cars were so totaled. Matt, so Matt Campbell, the guy that hit him, is one of our best products. He races in the Formula, like in the Porsche series that travels with the F1. Yeah. 
and he has maybe had like three crashes in the last four years. He comes to Bathurst and then that shit has one on right the front of lap. So anyway, so there were two safety cars in the first five laps, but there were only six or seven for the day. So it and, obviously cleaned up through the middle and and the first five whatever. were in the first fifty laps, which is not how normally and usually it's the other way around. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the funnier things about Australian motorsport is the language that gets used on the radios. <laughs> um, two guys had a collision pretty late in the race, and Moffat come on the radio and said that Kostecki was driving like a fucking dickhead on live, <laughs> live television, and then his boss backed him up and said the same thing on live television. Yeah, love that. And so then on the on the Instagram, Kostecki, the guy that hit him, posted a video and then zoom in photos of every time he was like of the photo closer and closer and closer showing that he was technically in the right spot. Yeah. And was like, yeah, when you have, when you have lack of ability, you can sort it out online. Yeah. Fair. I was like, wow. Anyway, F1. Uh, hold oh, on. And, ben sorry. Gisberg. Did you see his interview this his morning? His interview this morning, he had to pause to chuck. So he was on, he was on to the Today Show this morning, the day after the, the Bathurst 1000. Him and Tanda were there. He lasted Carl Stefanovic's intro and said, I've got to go. And they panned the camera to him and he's vomiting off the edge of the stairs onto the track. So good. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he would have still been pissed. Oh. Yeah. He's a known party boy too. So, anyway, yeah, F1. So, there was some race yesterday. It was so sick. This Suzuka GP. Is the, there's only two races in our time zone that actually work for Australian residents. So, like normally the races are between 12 and 2.30 a.m., we were awesome enough to get a four o'clock start and then it red flagged for weather, which they could have raced in, but they chose not to because F1 at the moment hates racing in the wet. So they red flagged it for an hour and a half. Um, and then Max Verstappen won the championship with four races to go. There was a... That's elite. That is... Pink. Yeah. There's been a controversy this week because the cost cap for last year came out. So you can only spend, I think, like 156 million per year. Per car. <laughs> right. Which sounds ridiculous, but... Yeah. Um, and then two teams have breached it. So a minor breach was 10% of the cap. Now, 5% of the cap, which is what Aston Martin had, who, which is retarded because Aston Martin came third last in the constructors. Anyway, so they got slapped with a few points and whatnot. Um, and when the cost cap came out, the guy that introduced it, Richard Braun, was like, if if you breach if you fraudulently breach this cap, you will lose constructors and world title championships over it. So it was like it's a pretty big thing because Red Bull won last year. Red Bull were the other team that had supposedly breached the cap. Anyway, they went had a four day hiatus and it came out that Red Bull only breached it instead of breaching it by like ten to fifteen mils, only one hundred and fifty k, because they misinter they interpreted the rules differently to the FIA and disputed it. Oh, that, well, that seems like the dumbest thing ever. Seems legit, eh? Yeah, no, good. And so this year, they've absolutely whooped the field. And the cost cap's not come out yet, so... It'll be quite interesting. Um, some shit in the F1 happened as well. Fernando Alonso stills, is still at Alpine. Alpine, which is effectively Renault, released a, a, a Fernando Alonso road car this week. And then Alonso was previewing the F1 like game at like a Comic-Con kind of thing. In his Alpine kit, he chose to pick an Aston Martin car where he's racing next year. Oh. <laughs> I love that. That's what we <laughs> like. That's why hilarious. we watch sports, right? And he goes, this one goes faster. Now, you're all done for sport, you reckon? Danny mm. Ricciardo's not going to get an F1 seat next year. Yeah. He's focusing next year on getting a seat for the year after, which is just well, the only eloquent two's... dribble for... I'm not having a seat next year. The only two seats available next year are shit. It's just a step backwards. It's not even a sidestep. Yeah. So Gasly's gone to Alpine. Nick DeVries, super sub's gone to um, Alpha Tauri, which is crazy because he's, he's the Mercedes... He's like a Mercedes junior and then Mercedes reserve driver. Now he's going to the Red Bull Junior Academy in Alpha Tauri, but whatever. Um the two biggest dribblers on the F1 grid were talking a lot of shit and both had pretty average races this week in George Russell and Esteban Ocon. But Ocon and Gasly, both for Frenchmen at the French team, both hate each other, so that'll be interesting to watch next year and f good for Drive to Survive. Um, 
Williams looks like they're going to sign Logan Sargent, some American-funded driver. He's pretty bang average, so it's not going to be much of an improvement from Nicholas Latifi. However, Nicholas Latifi did make the wrong turn. So Suzuka, where they raced in Japan, has a small and a large layout track. He turned a corner early on the straight. And then as he turned... I'm not finished. <laughs> as he turned, he goes, I'm not really sure what happened there, guys, but I think the car is okay. He tried to blame the car. He turned like 100 metres early. What a retard. What do you mean? <laughs> These are the, supposed to be the top 20 race car drivers in the world. Fuck me. And that guy's doing that. Now, I want to jump on quickly out of sport into um, the most true and offensive things you've been tagged in on social media. So, Harry, you can probably get involved in this one too. Um I got tagged in something horrifically offensive today. Was this me? By some <laughs> spastic who's in the room. This and is me, I it's think. From the Batuta Advocate, who, yeah. who never miss, right? They do not miss. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't know that I was ever really the best value on the beers. I can admit that I was probably better value than I am now. I think by value, you can even apply it in day-to-day life. Yeah, and I reckon I had. I think I had different value than I did uh, back in the day, perhaps. Um, but the, the title is "Best Mates, Little Brother." Way better value than best mate. <laughs> and uh, and Sean, you've tagged me in it, and also tagged Harry in it. I was going to tag Sam in it, but I trusted Sam not to look at his phone. <laughs> yeah, and the next reply was, "I'd tag Sam, but he won't read it." <laughs> and I said, "I've never seen a truer post. They never fail to deliver." Now, what are the most offensive things that you've been tagged on Facebook? Obviously, I didn't take too much offense in that because it's just fucking true. Um, not so much tagging, but your sister-in-law... Actually, this is a little bit off topic, but I'm going to... Maybe you start because I've got a funny story about your sister-in-law, actually. About social media. I, I need to find one. I just get tagged fucking Yeah. From the, um, that one page. Yeah. Was it... Um, something... Memes Ellie? for the sophisticated gentleman. Oh. Yeah, memes for the sophisticated gentleman. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, it is some page. absolute No, no. So... My mum uploaded a photo of me drinking wine with her on Friday night. And Jack's sister-in-law, Liana, was being snoopy like Annika. Also, I must admit, she is actually quite funny. She is quite funny. But yeah. this is not funny. She's this funny is just retarded. And, and witty. Um, so my mum posted a photo of me. She took a photo with a Nokia, uploaded it through her potato gem, and then um, decided to set, like post about how we had wines together and it's nice to have wines with your son on a Friday night uh, but clearly I had nothing better to do on a Friday night it was, it was option F and I chose F um, and Liana being as nosy as Annika was looking over Annika's shoulder and saw that I, my mum had posted a photo of me but didn't read the caption which just which specifically said enjoying wines with your son and goes oh does Sean have a mature age girlfriend I bet he'd look after a mature age woman very well <laughs> <laughs> no, that's quite good. I rate that. Um, also, just want to point out that the Batuta Advocate, only a couple of posts down, which reminds me of my now wife, hyper-competitive trivia teammate, is going to go and sulk all night that her correct answers were overlooked. But she's only correct one in 20. Yeah. Actually, it does say correct answer was overlooked. So, yep. No plural. No plural. <laughs> no plural. Harry, hey, um, Harry, anything? He's got nothing. There's too much... No, no. I don't know if the most offensive memes are things you get tagged in. I think it's stuff that gets written in the group chat about you. Yeah. So like... Actually, yeah, the most offensive thing I've seen recently was the photo that the bulletin keep fucking putting in the paper. <laughs> oh my God, it looks like I'm having a fucking stroke. Yeah. Jack, can you read out his quote about Mark Cosgrove? Oh my God. So <laughs> so for anyone... Anyone, so fe- anyone that features, we need to start fitting in just fucking... Like Richard Cheekway needs to be next. Yeah, so, so we... So take- here in the local cricket comp... We uh, the bulletin in the last couple of years have really started focusing on it. So there's there's write ups every week about what so uh, what goes on. The problem with that is though is they have a non cricket guy reporting on it, which is what I said yeah, because anyone because because room. anyone who knows cricket would have known that Harry was taking the piss and wouldn't have published it right. But they, they sent Harry five questions to answer, and one of them was what changes or have you made any changes to your game from pre from last year. Harry's response was, being the cricket nerd that I am, 
which is a lie. I watch a lot of Mark Cosgrove videos, which is probably not a lie, but I don't <laughs> think you watch them for those reasons. No. So I've altered my technique to be similar to his and it seems to be working. So I think in the off season, what we need to do then is get you on a slightly different diet. So is your technique changes the amount of deep fried food you consume, <laughs> and and the amount of balls that I walk in there to hit me in the dome. Yeah, HIAs. Oh goodness. Um, but to be fair, they probably that's probably what Broadbeach needed to do on the weekend. I reckon. Just bowl your big fat full bunger and see if they can knock you out while you weren't wearing a helmet or something. But fucking hell, we'll get um, beamed like Blake Chapman. Oh, I'm ready. Guys, I said, um, Jordan Renault messaged me about I think about eight minutes after that article went online. He goes, "Surely you're ta- surely that was a G up." And I was like, "The <laughs> fact that that guy has to work out if it's a G up or not says a lot about his intelligence." Yeah, it says a fair bit about the knock too. <laughs> yeah, six off twenty to one hundred and seventeen off seventy. What do you mean? Yeah, well, it was a piss take. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, any, didn't I, didn't didn't particularly appreciate being tagged in that today, Sean. Thanks for that. Oh well, I'll do it again. At any point, did you feel like you were going to get out before you um, got out? After the time you got dropped? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've just um, found a better post. Yeah, when I when I cracked the shits, when I couldn't hit that um, 14-year-old off-spinner, what'd you do? Hit him over cup for six. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> all... No, crack the shits. I was like, nah, fuck this kid. And all, in fact, I'm surprised. I would be surprised if he had some quick cricket yet. After, after the amount of shit he caught for the weekend. So you I can always... Him, I hit him into orbit about six times. There is uh, no, there's, there's no easier way to tell if someone's under the age of 15 years old than seeing whether Caleb sprays them out on the field. Oh, Lincoln Hanson as well. If Caleb sprays them out on the field, they are absolutely still in nappies. Mate, and it's 100% the weakest bloke on the field at all times. <laughs> what the fuck are you spraying a kid for? Men up. Um, so, Batuta Advocate, uh, do either of you guys like mint chocolate ice cream? Yes. Love it. Love yeah, <laughs> uncultured swine with the taste buds of a child describes choc mint as toothpaste flavored. I feel like that we have that discussion. Of, that that reeks your, of Sam. That is your middle brother. Oh fuck! Cold spice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh bloody hell! Right, well, I don't really have a whole lot else to add. Sean, you got anything? Nothing really funny. Right, mate. Well, Harry, thanks for joining us. Oh, again. I actually got another overrun. I wrote a few both. Again, cricket related. Batting and rubbers. Like, wait. Um, on turf. Oh, oh, those rubbers. No. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, batting in rubbers and flat soled shoes. Yeah. I like how you needed to, like, clarify that you, that you or your brother weren't batting in condoms. No, I was batting Yeezys. No, I wear spikes. I Yeah, no, there's the guy from Raw Pitch was. Batting. Oh, hang on. When you say rubbers, as in, are they like, are just, they the perfectly smooth ones or are they like, are they, are they uh, like, um, no, no, no. Yeah. So like, are they flat? So, like, are no, they, no, no. are they, These hang are, on, um, are they perfectly smooth or are they like ribbed? What are they made of actually? NMDs? Nah. Ultra boosts. Ultra boosts. You're like beige ultra boosts. Wait, were they, were they spiked up or not? No, they're just normal ultra boosts. He's just wearing runners while in, in, in a Navy cricket kit. <laughs> Yeah, it's nearly like wearing fucking and then sky the, blue Yeezys spiked up in a green kit. No, they're hot. <laughs> um, no, you got run out because you couldn't turn. Oh, that's just from short fantastic. cover. Backed up too far. Ricket short cover, turning through, and old mate slipped over trying to get back to his crease. That's fantastic. Didn't appreciate me spraining him for having two first name and batting and rubbers. I said, you can't be trusted. Are you calling Alan a first name? Alan is a first name. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Big Al. Alan. 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 Hey. Big Al nearly drowned at the wedding. Did he? <laughs> That's what you were pissing yourself at. <laughs> Can we just talk about that for a second? So I don't know whether we even spoke about that. We so, haven't. Um, our my wedding, Annika and my wedding was on the on the beach on the Broadwater side, and you can't emphasize how the, close I was to making the cere- scene. <laughs> the ceremony started at two fifteen, and we told the celebrants and the pop up wedding people, we're like, high tide is at two forty five. The water is just there. They're like, yeah, no, nah, it's all right. There's no way it'll come up here. Dead set within 10 minutes of the ceremony starting. We look around and half of the families had to vacate from one side of the chairs. Anyway, we turned back 10 minutes later and Big Al is just about <laughs> floating away. And Dave and Sean are in the crowd trying not to piss themselves. I was like, 
I was. Talisha was looking at just all confused, like, "What the hell is he laughing?" I was around. Al's drowning. <laughs> I was so close to like popping in love. You know when like you're in an assembly yeah, and like yeah. you and your mate can see each other from like across the room, and you're like, you don't want to make it like a noise, so your cheeks full up. Dave, me and Dave were sitting there for like three minutes, and the, the water's about shin high on Alan at this point. <laughs> and then Andy went over to help him, and like. Went to lift him up and Andy's foot went through the sand and Dave went the whole <laughs> <laughs> and I was fucking done. Oh, I, 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 she goes, oh just slip, slip, slip it, it on. on. Yep, yep, all the way in. All the way on. Oh goodness. Dude, Alan like just about like, I couldn't I couldn't hold it in. If it was, it was just me to start with, I'm like, I can I can sort myself out. And if, if it was anyone else, it would have been fine. If it's just me laughing and like no one else understands what I'm laughing at, I'm all good. I'll shut the fuck up my own time. But Big but Alan f- had 97 beers that morning But, but like Big Alan was blind. He was sinking. And the fact that <laughs> Dave, like a, like a middle-aged man was laughing with me, like I'm like, mm, maybe this is actually really funny. And then he starts sinking. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> He didn't even ask what time. It didn't it was. help. He it just didn't, said yes. It didn't help that, like, the rest of our mates that weren't in the groomsmen behind me were like, "Stop, stop laughing," because they couldn't see it. Like, and that doesn't help. And they're like, "It's, it's not, like telling someone who's angry to calm down." They're like, it "Makes it worse." They're like, "It's not that funny." And I'm like, "It really fucking is, you fucking <laughs> idiots." And I, I spun around and I had tears rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't just emotional? No, I wasn't. I was more than. I was, yeah, I was emotional. I was fucking. Hysterical. Hysterical. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, I got nothing else. Shout out, Big Al. Yeah. Shout out, Big Al. One of the old timers. Righto. Well, guys, thanks for joining us again on the Armchair Critics podcast. If you want to hit us up on social media? Find us on Instagram at Armchair Critics. Wait, or mate, don't fucking tune out so close to the microphone. The email address armchaircritics at outlook.com. Harry, thanks for joining us, mate. Much appreciated. No, no worries, boys. Lovely uh, quick stint. Absolutely cannot believe you ever made another appearance on this podcast. It shocks me after your last performance. Exactly. That's why you had to go and sit on the couch to humor your ADD for a second. Sean, thanks for joining us again, mate. Thanks for finding the time. No, nah, no worries. You know, it's tough being a government worker in, in this big world. Yeah, public. Oh, maybe that's what we can discuss next week public versus private. Do you have a debate? I got a pay rise soon, actually. How about, oh, fuck. We're definitely having the great debate. That's next, next week. week. Um, I, I reckon we'll bring a pom on soon. Ruben. I don't know him yet. Nah, we've got to, we've got it's to gotta get to be the Max. story out of the boys. Nah, we've got to we get them both. both at the same time. We need to get that third mic going then. They need to walk us through it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is not good podcast material. Guys, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week. <laughs>